0: All right, David, David Schifrin. Yes.
1: Yes. Get us going here. Yeah.
2: What
0: would you like us to talk about? I mean, I know what you want us to talk about, but kick us
2: off. Are we allowed to be optimistic yet? There. I've kicked us off. I
1: I mean, hold on. You're going to have to do that prompt again because I think you did say, I'll have more thoughts to come and I don't recall seeing any more thoughts to come.
2: Yeah, that's true. There's that. Sorry.
1: Sorry. You can start your prompt again.
0: This is High Stakes, from Gerard, Phillips, Kate and Hancock.
2: I, I wanted to talk about optimism. And it's, it's kind of funny because I was, here, here's, the, here's the unexpected prompt. I was starting to feel more optimistic about life in general. And then, you know, the Atlanta shootings last week was horrific. And then the shooting at the King Supers in Boulder was horrific. And then I was scrolling through the New York Times, and it's like, oh, so they've identified the shooter, and they've identified the victims. And I'm scrolling through. And I'm like, well, shit, there it is. He was born in '99, which is the year of Columbine, and he went to my high school, which has no bearing on me whatsoever. But uh, just like, uh, what? We're we're doing this again? So we finally have something to you know, like. It's bright and sunshiny out there and feeling better, and getting vaccinated, and my kitchen reno is 98% complete. And now we're back to real life, which includes people wandering through stores murdering each other. So is that is that what we're doing now?
1: I would, um. <laughs> this, this is not gonna get optimistic. I, I, would, I would point out that it is a matter of perception that mass shootings were down last year. It is not a matter of reality. There were still there were more mass shootings last year than the year before. We were just all collectively preoccupied as, a, as news consumers. Thank <laughs> the, the, the mass Thank shootings Tim.
2: never stopped. Thank you statistics Tim for that.
0: Yes Well I have <clears throat> what I'm calling anxiety, which is hope. Plus anxiety. That's good. Equals anxiety. I'm hopeful. So I mean, I don't know that it anyone cares that I share this information, but I've gotten one of my two vaccine shots. Nice. Which I'm super excited about. One of those dry flu through clinics. And it was very do, 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 very organized. I had to go a little farther out from Nashville into a rural community, but I was happy to do that to get that taken care of. And so I think, you know, now we have guidance from the CDC so fully vaccinated people can visit their unvaccinated family and friends without restrictions as long as you're in a single household with one other family okay got that but it's like a, it's only it's a little bit confusing but there's lots of exceptions and we're still trying to figure out what the variants mean so i don't know hopeful
2: what about what about the you mentioned guidance do you guys feel like there's again perception versus reality do you do you think we are in a moment where we have better guidance legitimately like is there more clarity sort of top down
1: i think we have no. more vaccines i think we have m- m- more of them and there's some greater clarity i mean i think that there's there are like concrete steps that have been taken over the last couple of months to ramp up production and to you know right size how the distribution to the states is going but i don't I don't think that on a state-by-state state level that the process is considerably clearer than it was. I think that we have more vaccines, and so we're moving through the supply, or we're, we're ramping up in supply and, and being able to move through the stages quicker.
0: Yeah, Nashville had a max vaccination clinic. Saturday, where they vaccinated ten thousand people uh, in Nissan Stadium, home of the Titans, which was great to see. They and they used every single dose, is my understanding. Uh, they had like a hundred left over, and they did a, an all call, and they were able to, you know, get those taken care of, which is which is encouraging. I know there's, I know we're sort of getting through the the uh, number of people that are really, really want the vaccine. We haven't sort of gotten to the people that are hesitant yet. Obviously, they're just sort of holding back and waiting to see, but. If you see today's news, Krispy Kreme is giving away free donuts if you sh- if you show up with your COVID vaccination card. Through the end of the year, you, you can go every single day and get a free donut if you bring your vaccination card through the end of the year. Thank you, Krispy Kreme. Um, and they're also doing an incentive for their own employees to, to be vaccinated. So I'm, I'm hoping that we see... Cause that's kind of fun, right? But is, is someone really going to go to Krispy Kreme and get a donut every day for, until the end of the year? I, I doubt it, but, but it's sort of, it, it gets people talking about it and it's cool. So that does give me, it makes me kind of laugh, chuckle a little bit, which we all need a good, a good laugh. And maybe I a- might stop by. I do like their just, just plain glazed ones are my favorite. If I'm going to eat one.
2: Yeah. They, they've like melt in your mouth. They're great. I, you know, Kim, to your point, though, the vaccine, the mass vaccination event was cool. My wife volunteered there. She ran one of the lanes and she said it was amazing. It was just great. It was exhausting. It was fun. It was cool. Everybody was enthusiastic and excited. Like so they were so grateful. Everybody was partying in a very friendly vaccine, you know, sort of like stay in your car way. So I they, and you like know, the
0: Miami way of, of, uh, of celebrating.
2: Yeah. But that's the other part of this, right? Is that now we're... we have vaccines. And so the people who aren't getting vaccinated are like, oh, well, this is over. Let's just go, let's go to Miami. And then there's also data out there that's showing that people who are not vaccinated or less likely to get vaccinated are more likely to go do things that they shouldn't be doing. Like people who are getting vaccinated are more hesitant, still feel a little bit less safe. And people who aren't vaccinated are are more likely to go out and visit friends and and apparently go to Miami. So there's still I I'm almost wondering if there's not even more tension, even if it's not as visible. In... Is it just sort
0: of belligerence? You think, in some ways, just sort of I, I don't know. Oh. I, I we're all ready to get out. Out. What is what does out mean? You know what what does that look like? What does it feel like? Do what does it mean? I. Like what is, what is out going to, what is it going to feel like? Is it, I can go to a concert now Does that, you know, or I can go, like some people haven't even been to a restaurant in this, this entire time. So one man's safe is another man's you're, you're endangering me. Right. So I, I,
1: well, that's, so that's where I think, and I think this circles back to what, what you were saying shift is that I think that's the shift here over the next couple of months, which is basically like if we all get vaccinated, then I'm going to feel like personally is I'm going to, I'm going to run through the tape on the pandemic. I've held out this long. I've tried to, you know, make the right decisions. I have not stayed exclusively in my house for a year, but I think relative to most people, I've probably been on the, the high end of trying to, trying to play it the right way. And what I I think that a lot of people, I won't necessarily advocate for this point of view, but I think that once in the next couple of months, once we're at a point where uh, vaccines are readily available to all adults, I am not going to feel like any, I am not going to feel any of the obligation that I have felt over the last year plus. Part of what's driven my behavior is the feeling of obligation I'm not likely to die of COVID. I didn't want to be a disease vector. I was trying to play my part. Once the vaccines are widely available, I am going to feel like I have gotten the vaccine. I have done my part on public health over the last 14 months. And if you haven't and you're not going to and you get it,
0: tough break. I I totally agree with him, you know, and and interestingly, sort of sort of the, the health system angle to that is I'm hearing of some some health systems who are sort of putting their money where their mouth is on that particular issue. So if you if you decide you do not want to get vaccinated, if you refuse to get vaccinated and you get sick and you get covid, then we are not going to be giving you any you're going to have to take your own days off. Right, that,
1: and that would be true if you had the flu. It would be true if you had anything else. I think, right. and, and and that's not today. I'm not advocating for any of this today because vaccines are still, you know, being rolled out. There's, st- there's, st- we're still in a moment of relative scarcity, but very soon we're going to be in a moment of relative abundance on vaccines. And anyone who's holding out, it's on them. I feel like there are a lot of people who have done this the right way for a long time in the interests of themselves and of public health. And this was the end. This was the light at the end of the tunnel. When we get to a vaccine, let's just get to a vaccine. If we're going to say now that we all get the vaccine, but we only get to like 50 percent. And so, hey, guys, you know, we no, I don't think so.
0: And so I think there's a lesson here for those that are that are messaging this thing. I mean, I know it's not always about messaging, but that's sort of what we do. I was like, we we tell stories and we communicate and we help people see things in different ways and we all those sorts of things. So you know, I keep waiting for a different narrative, and it's the same narrative. That like it's no one is listening to you anymore. You you told us to to be hopeful here and we get be excited. We're excited. I, I'm ready. And then it's like, but, but now, well, ho, now hold on there, horsey. It's like, come on. I I, I just think if that if, if we are two months from now, three months from now, with the same message from the CDC, I'm going to be super annoyed. I've got three cruises scheduled over the next year, and I want to go.
1: And that is your own very strange thing, but that is your right to be yes. strangely. <laughs> to be into strange vacations. Um, One thing that I was thinking about is, uh, none of this is about (laughs) hope or optimism.
2: I don't need to send you notes, Tim, because this is... This This is is your
1: problem. Like, if you just sent us notes, we could have probably stayed on message. If you'd framed the conversation a little bit. Uh, No, so I've been thinking um, in our world here that sort of hospitals and health systems, the, the healthcare industry has been in a state of relatively suspended animation. If we think about the like business stuff of healthcare for over a year. And I just think it's going to be the wild west when we get through the pandemic, I think on a lot of things, you know, the, the, the momentum on sort of MA and I, uh, you know, Shifrin, you spent a lot of time yes. talking to people about this uh, was the story on that was starting to kind of fall apart right before the pandemic in the popular conception of it. Like the, the stories that people had been telling about why consolidation was good were being examined in a way they had not been before. And were that, that examination was resonating with people who had never even thought about it before, who never even cared whether or not the hospital was joining another system. And so like, there's considerably more scrutiny there. That's one thing there's all of these like price transparency cures act interoperability stuff that like people are broadly dragging their feet on and that the consumers are fed up with you've got i mean i like if you think about it from a perspective of a nurse's union i would be ready to go to war like i i would be ready i would say i'd look at the last year and say nurses are the most trusted people in america let's go mobilize all of them and i think that they've got a story that is that they've been telling for several years whether or not it was accurate in in individual locations and has been broadly shown to be accurate over the last year and like so all of these business issues are swirling around an industry that has been in suspended animation for more than a year and also has been like benefiting from considerable money that, that has been floated to them by the federal government that won't be there in 2021. I think there's a reckoning coming for hospitals and health systems, and I'm not certain that a lot of them are braced for it.
0: That's interesting, because I have a little bit different perspective that's less negative.
1: Good, okay, great. That, uh, um, that's another idea, perspective um... is
0: welcome. So this idea that during the pandemic, and our surveys that we've done, the, the three national surveys that we've done over the past year, have shown, I mean, not only, you know, our nurses and doctors, you know, the most trusted voices by far, but also the reputations of health systems and hospitals that themselves have risen dramatically. Don't
1: you think so that's what, kind do of do that? what, what do our health systems do
0: with that? What do our health systems do with that? halo effect that has been created by how hospitals have stepped up during this pandemic. What do they do with that? You know, hopefully they do something with it. You know, the relationships they've built with legislators, the, uh, the relationships that they've, uh, of trust that they've built in the community over this time, what do they do with, with that information? And what, they, what do they do with that bump? Do they let it slide? Do they, do they stumble out of the gate here? I hope not, um, but there's there's wonderful opportunities to take advantage of the perceptions that people have about folks in the healthcare space. I, I do think they're, they're, I think we're at that, you know as we've said like every month, we're at an inflection point. It's like, you know I'm tired of hearing that too, but we are as we're coming out. So there, I think there's health systems that are still deep in COVID and can't think about anything else, but there is health systems right now that are thinking of everything but COVID. And there's a spectrum of all of those in between. And so, uh, where are you on that spectrum and and what do you do next is really important. It's really important. And I think some are going to stumble and some are going to shine in this moment.
1: I think, yeah, yes, I hope so. I hope, I I hope you're right. I I guess I'm thinking that my perception broadly of the industry is that people are, you know, this idea of when are we going to get back to normal? can we just yes. get back to normal? And I feel like there are a lot of people in healthcare who are thinking about getting back to 2019 thinking. <laughs> and I think that that is going to backfire in a big way. You're right that the halo effect extends to hospitals and, and health systems. I I think it's flimsier than it is to, for the, the people, sure. the doctors and nurses. But I also think that if you're a hospital that is finding yourself sort of dissembling on price transparency, or like you can get away with being distracted right now, like that is a perfectly reasonable excuse and people will hear it, but all of these things are trending one way and it is to greater transparency, greater interoperability, greater, you know, consumer power. And so if you're not going to come at it from that lens, from that angle, I, I think it's going to be rough.
0: And, and I would agree. And I think people know more about the inner workings of hospitals now than right. they ever have. And and, and, want, and want that level of detailed information uh, more than ever before. Now, will, will that fall away? Will people want to talk about something else? Maybe. But we've let them see inside in ways that we never have before. And so, you know, let, let's try to find the right way to continue that. Let's not, you know, close the doors and like... Put up barriers again. We we're in a, in a in a nice place. Let's let's figure out a way to make that better and not be negative, Nellie's Tim Stewart.
1: I don't. I mean, I think that that's fair. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any retort <laughs> to that. I, I, I guess the bent on this was slightly negative, but uh, you could view it as a cautionary tale that I have described. Or the, a call
0: to action, perhaps. Yeah, it,
1: it's the, the Christmas story, and I'm, I'm the, go, the ghost of Christmas future that you want to avoid. And so now, Bob Cratchit, now, is that who? I, I don't really yes. remember this story that well. Is he the one? He's not the one, right? That's something yes, else. Yes, Bob Cratchit. No, it's Scrooge. I guess Scrooge is the one who's, who's experiencing who's
0: all the, of this. Who's Bob Cratchit
1: then? He's the, He's the put-upon employee. He's the,
0: oh, yes. That, He's the so okay. tiny all so okay,
1: I have pointed the ghost of healthcare future that then you wake up and you say, ah, oh, I don't, I don't want to be that I guy at that. all. I, I will find a way to have my prices visible through machine learning.
0: I will share, I, I will buy a Christmas Turkey for every patient that I
1: have. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, I I agree with you. It may have been negative, Nelly, if you will, but it's in the interests of a greater good, and it's it's something I had to conjure as an alternative to my generally sunny disposition.
2: Your sacrifice Classic. is noted and appreciated, Tim. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> well, I just wish CNN would quit putting these headlines. I. W- Why are you watching data. CNN?
1: That's on you.
0: Like, well, it's just, I printed out an article. So here I have it. And it says, after you're vaccinated, it's critical to keep masking up in many places. No, I don't want to.
1: Mask for a little bit, but I'm just saying like, it's either the shelf life on that's gonna be pretty pretty limited.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll run through the tape with you, Tim, for sure. Let's go on a cruise together.
1: I did that once. I think I've got, I I've got that off my um bucket list. I've
0: oh, too I've too had weird. the
1: experience of unlimited soft serve and I felt like I'm, I'm, I'm good.
0: Oh goodness. I I just I just hope that soon. Here's my hope. That soon we can say we're free. Yes. Do you think we're and ever also gonna- I well
1: okay, so the one like a kind of sunny optimistic thing I'll say is like, this is all incredible to be at a point where we've got now four vaccines that are at 80% or greater yeah. efficacy. And they aren't, there are no major side effects for anyone. The Johnson Johnson one totally removes the possibility of hospitalizations of death. Like this is insane. It's an insane it's achievement in, in human history that that this is where we stand a year, you know, 14 months after the beginning of the, of this on a global level. So that's optimism. I mean, it, it does, I was listening to something the other day that was talking about in the context of sort of climate change or, you know, the, the hungry around the world, it doesn't feel like it because it does, it, it feels chaotic in the moment. It has felt chaotic over the last year, but we have shown the capacity to do huge things at a scale that you couldn't have even imagined. And so hopefully that's the lesson we take forward. I don't have a lot of hope that that's the lesson we're going to take forward, but there is proof now that we collectively can can still do big things. And that is something that did not feel possible a year ago.
0: I think that's a great way to end it anxiety is where I am but yeah I'm, I'm gonna run through the tape with you Tim very soon
1: let's do it we done here <laughs>